thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with my co-host, your co-host, everybody's co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I'm your other co-host, Cam, and we are so glad to have you here on a Monday night. Uh, no, 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 Kirk. <laughs> Do you see that? Do you see what just Ooh. happened there? Where are you? What time I, machine have I'm, you come from? I'm a day back. See, I'm so I'm so hardwired. I was like, yeah, it's Monday. No big deal. Monday night um, is stream night. Check the calendar. Monday night is stream night. It's on the calendar. It, it pops up every Sunday. Right when I'm getting Sunday scaries, it pops up. It says PFB live stream tomorrow, all caps. And um, then you breathe a sigh of relief from that, right? I do. No, I actually do. I do. I go, okay, great. I have that to look forward to. Um you know, and it's it's good, but we're you know we're here on a Tuesday night tonight, a Tuesday night. Um, twos are wild today, and that is because we uh, went ahead and released a, a movie review yesterday, Monday. Uh, it's available on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. It's our review of the Lost City, which may still be in theaters. Is it still in theaters, Kirk? The Lost City. I have no idea. Probably, probably until this weekend because there's some big movies coming out this weekend, and we'll get into that. Um, probably gets the boot this weekend, but it's definitely streaming on, on Paramount Plus. You can watch it there. That is where both Kirk and I watched it. Um, so, watch the movie. This is your homework. Watch the movie. Listen to and or watch the review, and wherever you, whatever you decide to do, if you decide to listen to it in podcast or watch it on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, follow button, like button, and uh, we'd be forever grateful to you. But tonight, Kirk, tonight, we're talking about movie news, and boy. What's popping? It's like, I, I shouldn't even call it movie news. It's like trailer roundup. There's so yeah. many, like, I don't know why this this week didn't feel significant to me in terms of movie news and TV news, but then whenever I went back to, like, prepare my notes, you know, gather my notes that I had left throughout the week and kind of prepare my notes for this week. I was like, oh my gosh, it's shocking. It's a shocking amount of movie and TV news. We've got trailers to walk through. We've got stories that are big. Some stories I feel like have really slipped under the radar um, mm -hmm. that we'll get into. Some trailers I think have slipped under the radar. So I'm excited, Kirk. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, the last recording, we were both wearing blue. It's true. And we have synced our minds again. <laughs> we're both wearing black. It's this true. is so exciting. I mean, it's really exciting if you're only listening to this and not watching yeah. on YouTube. Uh, that you're like, who cares that they're both wearing black? Yeah. But I'll tell you, who cares? It creates a synergy that you cannot authentically create when you accidentally match someone and i'm just excited that we're on such a connected wavelength well, that you we know wore the same color it's a good point i have read some books from great coaches and leaders in the past pat riley one of my all-time favorite coaches leaders um thought thought leaders out there he believes in that kind of stuff as a team and i remember when i was in drumline i had two great drumline instructors um and those guys always told us, make sure when you set down your drums, put them all in a line right next to each other. Make yeah. sure you guys are wearing the same thing. Make sure you guys do the same things. If you guys, if one go gets, goes and gets a drink, everybody gets a drink. You go together, keep your minds in line. And Kirk, that's what we're cooking on right now. And this is, this is unspoken. This just happened, right? So right. that means that we're like, we're on an untouchable wave of awesome right now. It just means this episode is going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be fire. So strap in, it's gonna be great. listeners. 
It's going to be great. But I have to say, uh, speaking of teams, you and I will be on a team um, this weekend, Friday, Friday night. Kirk and I are going to be putting on our thinking caps and joining a trivia night, a movie, all movie trivia night. It's called I Love Movies Trivia Night. Um, For those of you who are not in the local broadcast area, as if this were a radio show, we've mentioned (laughs) it many times, but we are in the St. Louis metropolitan area. And so we're happy to be spending our time this weekend, um, Friday night at the Cinema St. Louis uh, trivia night. And I'll pull up a little little picture here for you guys to see. Um, so yeah, Cinema St. Louis, you know, we are so fortunate, Kirk. I think we've talked about it before. I certainly talked about it with, with some of my friends recently. Um, one of the things that I don't feel like people give our city much credit for, people who live here, I mean, is we have a really rich arts culture. Like yes. really rich. Um, we, we have a symphony orchestra. <laughs> You know how wild that is? Like, we are a small city uh, in terms of population, in terms of metro area, like, pretty small. Um, we don't even have a football team anymore, but, like, let's let's not bring that up. But we have a symphony orchestra. We have multiple um, nonprofit theaters and, and cinema organizations, and the arts are very rich and very alive here in St. Louis, and happy to say that they are continuing to be alive post, or not post-COVID, but you know what I mean, like, in the midst of everything that's happened, the pandemic was really bad for the arts. So um, really glad to be participating in this event with some fellow movie lovers, um, some fellow movie critics, if you can call us film critics. I mean, I think we are. Uh, that's right. It's just a state of being, right? It's a state of mind. <laughs> that's right. Um, so Kirk, how are you feeling? How are you, how are you feeling about Friday? Are you, are you am- brushed up? I am feeling so excited. I am feeling so nervous, so ecstatic. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm having nightmares and then immediately like <laughs> washing it down with, all right, well, I need to watch the 1947 classic <laughs> M, you know, whatever year it is from. You wake up in a cold sweat and you're like, all right, I need to watch every Charlie Chaplin film that's been made. <laughs> yes. City Lights, The Great Dictator. Yes. You're like, yes. You we just wake up, by- you're like, Eastern Promises. I need to watch Eastern Promises. <laughs> Vigo! <laughs> I know, man. I, I have, uh, I just want to shout out to uh, Mr. Zachary Ranger Rogers, yeah. who uh, was uh, a teacher and mentor of both of ours and director who uh, said, hey, we've got two free seats and we, we'd we like you on our team. Um, Mr. Shiflet, who uh, who I've met before as well from, from an alternate school in the area and an incredible a slew of incredible people that are going to be at our table. So yeah, let's just say I mean, like we, we are probably the bench warmers on this team. We're the, we're the, yeah. we're the alternates. And you know what? I'm perfectly okay with that. I feel good about that. Um, it kind of puts my mind at ease, but yeah, we've got a great group. We'll be sure to give plugs to all the great critics and, yes. and people that we, t- we talk to. And also for cinema St. Louis, which I have pulled up on the screen here, they have a, they have a membership program you can contribute to. And it's not like, a straight donation. Like you get stuff. Like if you're in this area, you get like passes to movies. Um, you can get tickets to the St. Louis international film festival, which is a really good one. Um, so it's, it's just great. Cinema St. Louis is a great organization. Happy to be supporting them, uh, this weekend at the trivia night. And I think we're going to have a blast and hopefully win. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to shoot too far on, on our first go, but I do hope we win. I think that, you know, this is our audition uh, into some some big dog people and I'm horrified. I, I'm going to I'm going to rehearse some lines. Yeah, I'm gonna wear makeup. that'll be good. Um, maybe a Victorian suit I think is necessary and appropriate. <laughs> I am terrified, but so excited at the same time. In all time. the right ways. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be a good time. Yeah. So 
we'll be participating in that. Shout out to Cinema St. Louis. Uh, great work those guys are doing um, in our arts community. So be sure to check out their website and all the cool events that they have going. Consider a membership if you're in the area. I know I am. Um, so yeah, had to plug that. And without further ado, I do think it's probably time for us to get into some movie news, Kirk, because frankly, we just won't get through it all if we don't start now because there's just too much. There's too much. I'm ready. I'm strapped in my captain's chair and ready to engage. I'm, I'm getting ready to press the big blue button, Kirk. Do on it. Fire at will. Let's pop it up. All right. We're starting with everybody's favorite activity, which is trailer recaps, trailer reaction. And what better trailer to start with than our first full trailer for... Lo- Lore, Thuv, of the Rings. And, I almost said Lore, Thuv, and something. I don't know what I was saying. Lore, Thuv, and Dunder. <laughs> it was coming Lord out Thuv that way. Lore, and Dunder Mifflin. Just leave this it to me to blow the big moment there. Um, <laughs> Thor, Love, and Thunder, um, which dropped last night as my beloved Miami Heat were getting absolutely slapped on by the Celtics on TV. It was, it was horrible. But we finally have a full trailer for Thor, um, Love, and Thunder. And this trailer is interesting um, for a lot of different reasons. I think there's there's a lot of areas and landscapes and textures that we saw in the teaser trailer. That's perhaps not surprising. We got lots more, um, you know, o- like uh, narration and dialogue in this trailer, and lots, lots more Natalie Portman in this trailer, um, and. A lot less Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I would say, which which we'll get into that. But um, as this trailer kind of plays in the background, um, I, I want to get your thoughts. And obviously, in a, in a couple scenes here, they're going to show our villain, which is our first look at Christian Bale as Gore the God Butcher. But Kirk, you're the Thor guy. You're you're this is your guy. This is your character. Like you're wearing the Thor outfit uh, on opening night. You're the you're that guy. Um, yeah. I got to know what's your, what's your vibe as we now have a full trailer of Thor love and thunder. I absolutely love everything about this trailer. It's so incredible. Like you said, there are like one dozen, maybe two dozen different landscapes that we see the costumes, the suits are all crazy at the end of this trailer. There's literally no suit. We, we peel everything off of Chris Hemsworth by the end of it. Uh, Russell Crowe flicks off his clothes with his mighty Zeus hand. Um, I love there that there's a full Guardians fight in here as yes. well. I did not anticipate that. I really thought it was going to be right there. I thought it was going to be a drop off and run. Uh, all the little pinkies together with Thor and Mighty Thor. And I also love like this almost like Sin City aesthetic when there's some there's a big seemingly fight sequence between um, Gore and uh, and Natalie Portman and Gore and Thor. <laughs> uh, that, I'm sure they'll play that Gore and Thor. There's got to be someone who like dibs, digs into that deep. But all of that together, I'm so so happy. I mean, how do you come off of Thor Ragnarok and put this together? I don't know, but it's definitely going to be a home run. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks good. This this is um, the teaser was good. And I was excited off of the teaser, but I feel like what I get more from this trailer, even more so than the first one, is Taika. Like, I feel the Taika influence in a major way in this trailer. And I think there there has been a lot of concern. I think there's always a lot of attention around the Marvel villains, um, because that's one of the areas where 
you could debate that they have fallen flat over the course of the first four phases, first three phases, that the villains have not been as good as they need to be. Obviously, lots of pressure when you cast somebody with the resume of Christian Bale, multi-time Academy Award nominee, Academy Award winner, um, huge talent. Um, wait, has, has he won an Academy Award? I believe he has won a Best Supporting. But yeah, I, I think so, for the you. fighter. For the fighter, yeah, okay. Yes. Um, I, this, for these people who have been nominated so, times, so many times, I'm, I'm quick to say, like, Academy Award winner, but that's not always the case just because you get nominated. But right. I will say that Gore looks great. Um, I really do think so. He's creepy. There's definitely... Um, it, it looks like the comics, which Gore actually, I think, is a newer character, which this is the way that Marvel is trending in terms of in terms of comic re- relevance. This isn't some, like, 50-plus-year-old comic book character from way back in the Thor lore. Like, this, this guy is, like, 10 years old in terms of when he first appeared in the comics. I think it was 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool character. Excited to see what Christian Bale can bring to it, but the early returns here are good. Um, and... And the Natalie Portman thing is exciting as well. She looks great. The, the outfit's great. Um, the banter, the the writing that they've shown in the trailer is great. I think you have to be thrilled with this trailer if you're a fan of Thor or, or the MCU because this feels like this. And I have to be careful. This feels like a surefire home run to me, Kirk. Do you agree? Yes, it yeah. absolutely is. I mean... On the biggest showcase that we have here is the full range of Chris Hemsworth. I mean, yes, I cannot express it enough. In the Star Trek reboot 2009, he made literally every person that saw that cry within the first mm-hmm. two minutes. He had two, three minutes of screen time. He is, you know, he is charismatic. He is um, heart heartbreakingly in love with his wife and he is killed and you are just sobbing and he is Captain Kirk's dad and he is gone like that. The range that Chris Hemsworth has is unmatched. Yeah. He is Chris number two, but he's so, so good. <laughs> and I'm so excited to see that full range on display here. Yeah, I think it's, I think the, I think phase four needs this. There's, we've talked about it before. There's a lot of like, waffling about oh what's the direction you know can they pull it off and i think some of that is fair as we've discussed i think i think it really is fair to say have they gotten too big for their britches are they getting overly ambitious um but this feels like okay taika ragnarok was a huge success changed the trajectory of this character turned it into look at this incredible story arc this is the character in the mcu right now in my opinion that has the best story arc of any character um, so that sets it up for success. You bring in the Guardians, amazing stuff there. They're going to fit right into the Taika, Taika vibe. And the pieces are just all there. This has to be a home run. I, I would be floored if it wasn't incredible. I think it will be probably the best MCU movie that comes out this year. Um, mostly because yep. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, I'm kind of freaking out about that movie. Just all the obstacles they've had to overcome. I mean, obviously Chadwick's presence not being on that movie. I think that's that has potential to be rough. I hope that it's not. Um, but I think this is the this is the movie for Marvel this year. This is the one that's going to be the top of the mountain, right next to Spider-Man: No Way Home, as the standout for this for this phase so far. For real. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Moving right along, we'll, we'll say goodbye to Thor Love and Thunder for now, but it won't be long. That movie comes to theaters July 8th. Mark your calendars. Um, as we were watching the game last night, 
my wife goes, that one, you, I have to go with you opening night. Like, I know you're yep. going to go see it opening night, but that's the one that of all the Marvel movies, I have to be there with you. And I was like, there you go. That, that, that says what tickets. it is. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. Moving along to a trailer that Kirk, I know you and I are going to be maybe more excited than mo- most people about this. This one floored me and it's mission impossible. Dead reckoning. <laughs> Thank you for saying it like part that. one. <laughs> The part one just really takes the air out of the sails. Like if this was a if this was a a graph, like a line graph in terms of excitement, it's like Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning is like off the off the grid, and then it's like part one. <laughs> but it's it's here a, a full year in advance of the movie coming out, which I, I mean. That just does not really happen very much with trailers, but you can count on Tom Cruise to keep it old school with cinema. Dude. He's like, we're releasing our trailer now. Uh, <laughs> this movie comes out July 14th of 2023. So for context, we just got the first full Thor trailer this week. It comes out in two months. We just yeah. got the first full trailer for Mission Impossible, or I don't know if you would call this a full trailer. It's pretty darn close. It's and it comes close. out in 14 months. So, um, <laughs> But this trailer... And the Mission Impossible series, in, in both of our opinions, we've talked about it before, is absolutely peaking. It continues to get better. Um, I mean, I think any you know, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout, you can you can flip and swap any of those. They're all of the same caliber, and in my opinion, each one gets better than the last. This one is going to be a barn burner. It's it's the first of two that will, I believe will finish out this series all time, Kirk. Your thoughts on on this trailer, and uh, you know what? How much we've seen a, a full fourteen months ahead of uh, ahead of the movie coming out. I mean, I just talked about different landscapes with Thor, but holy cow! Every single environment, every single setting you can imagine that an action scene could take place does take place in this trailer. <laughs> I mean, everything. We've got the we've got the desert. We've got the a tundra. We've got the the jungle. We've got a train. We've got a plane. We've got everything. I mean, this is Stefan from SNL's dream. Yeah. Dead Reckoning Part One has, has everything. everything. <laughs> um, so I true, mean, man. Tom Cruise, Ving Rhames, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Haley Atwell, uh, Simon Pegg. The list goes on. Like it's, it just continues to get stacked and stacked and stacked. I don't know how you pack that into its own movie. I think that Tom Cruise said, listen, I'm not part of the MCU, but I'll make my own Avengers movie (laughs) with as many stars and superheroes as I can in the spy world. And he's just doing that. It's absolutely crazy. And I think Tom Cruise is ready for the crown of greatest action actor ever in the the history of film. (laughs) Honestly, yes. I mean, alone, his achievement from a stunt perspective will never be matched by any actor ever. It just won't. Uh, it doesn't. True. It doesn't matter. He is. He is willing to do anything, and and obviously, you can say whatever you will about his personal life. That's been beaten way into the ground, or, or his personal beliefs. As a performer, if we're talking about on the screen, this guy is peak. Like action hero. He he cre- He is his own action hero. You know, like Ethan Hunt, whoever whoever he plays, is just next level. And right. it's funny because you know, like with the fast movies they're always trying to like outdo the last one. You know, like the, the most recent one went to space and they always want like that one thing. 
Well, guess what? Mission Impossible is doing that. They, they have done that every movie. They've upped the ante with one stunt or one set piece that's like, like in the last movie, it was the helicopter chase scene in the, you know, the canyon, like the snowy yeah. ravine. And in this one, it's it's uh, Tom Cruise ramping a motorcycle into a ravine with a parachute. Like, they're doing it. Oh, and by the way, making good films at the same time. It's not just like <laughs> right. stupid good action story, garbage. Good acting. Yes. Yeah. And they continue to add people. Like, I, I believe I saw Haley Atwell in this trailer. Yes. Um, they continue to add people who bring so much to the table. Like, when they added Rebecca Ferguson, it was like, Poof. Oh my gosh! Like, as if, as if you thought this could get any better. Um, she has been electric in that series because um, she because she's great, and the the existing characters continue to get better. So it, it, I, I am just so excited and and can't believe how much we were able to see. I mean, this is a two minute trailer. This is a two minute right. trailer that's just like nonstop, <laughs> go go go, boom boom boom, um, all the way through, and it looks awesome. Here's what I'm going to speak into the world that we will be getting screeners before this movie comes out. That's right. For those of you listening that don't know what a screener is, that is an advanced copy of the film. That way you can give your two cents out there, your spoiler free two cents before the movie comes out and help contribute to Rotten Tomatoes and all sorts of different metrics. Well, that's why I was just buttering up Tom Cruise because I'm hoping that like, you know, I, you know, you know what they say. They say he go, he's like a mythical creature at this point. He's a yeah. folklore. He they say he goes to see. I love this bit. He goes to see every film in cinema, every film in a movie in a movie theater in disguise. Oh so my gosh, I love this. I just have to assume if he's seeing every movie, like every movie, right? Then he's listening to every movie podcast. I just believe yes. it. I believe that in my in my heart of hearts. He doesn't even have to get in disguise to do that. He can do that just on his couch, right? Like, it's no big deal. I'm checking the comments right now. <laughs> Tom, to if you're listening. Tom is watching our live stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, hit us hit us with an advanced copy. This thing looks like it's about done, right? Like, it looks. Yeah. this movie looks like it's done. And we know how Paramount is, right? Like, they they are like delay city. They, they, they will delay anything. They delay finished products, like, all the time. It's, it's a weird thing they've got going on there. Um, yeah. And this one was delayed out of nowhere, like, a couple of months ago. Uh, but it's it's exciting. It's exciting. Well, I think it was delayed after the fact that someone shut this production down because someone got COVID and they were almost murdered by Tom, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, if you could murder <laughs> someone with words, yes. <laughs> We've that. often talked about um, off-air, but let's bring it here. Like, if you had the opportunity to... You know, you have one person a year that you could just off, and you have to. It has to be valid. <laughs> like you said, we often talk about this off there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Go ahead. I mean, there has to be valid reasons. You can't just pick someone at random. They have to have truly, truly hurt someone. Yes. Um, and I don't know. I think that that would have been Tom Cruise's person. Oh, he would have. He would have been yeah. like, you know what? This is it. I, I'm. It's what. It's it's February. You're gone. I don't need. I don't need my my kill for the rest of the year. Grip number two. I choose you. <laughs> You're gone, man. How dare you endanger my movie? Yeah. Flash you away, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Seriously, I'm surprised he can't do that. To be honest with you, Tom oh, Cruise, goodness. use your witchcraft on me. That's you know. I, I begin to believe it at a certain point. All right, moving Indeed. right along. Next trailer. We're staying in the action realm. We've gone from superheroes now to a straight up action movie here's another one of those and this one i know we're both jazzed about too it's the gray man it's the gray man and netflix man these guys 
they don't do a great job with promoting stuff way no. in advance. I saw somebody tweeting about this the other day, and I was like, that is such a good point. It's something I've often thought about. But you know how stuff just kind of like sneaks up on you on Netflix? That should never happen. Um, and this movie is in a similar place with Thor, where it's it's releasing at the end of July, so a little bit later than Thor um, Love and Thunder. But this is, in my opinion, the big movie. This is, this is Netflix's summer blockbuster right here. This is yep. the big one. Like They'll have Knives Out later in the year, which is going to be a big film for them. And we'll talk a little bit more about Knives Out 2 in a little bit. But this is their summer blockbuster, and I felt like we've seen and heard almost nothing about it. This is a film that's directed by the Russo brothers. Um, huge names. You know, they've, they've been, they did Captain America Civil War, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Endgame, huge movies. Um, they have a massive reputation, and this cast has... You know, what I would say are three of the top action heroes that are currently acting right now, including Anna de Armas, uh, Chris Evans, and Ryan Gosling. Because, I, I mean, you don't typically think of Ryan Gosling as an action hero because he has so much range. But think about Drive. Think about Blade Runner 2049. This is well within his wheelhouse, and he's actually better than most at it that are currently doing it. So this thing is stacked... Um, not to mention Billy Bob Thornton looks insanely good in this movie. Uh, so what's your thoughts, Kirk, on, the, on our first full trailer for The Gray Man? Yeah, I nearly peed my pants when <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton showed up. I'm like, Word. where where have you been? Uh, this is great that you're in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm speechless. It's it's everything that I want in, in a spy action thriller. Um, I love what this trailer does is I really don't know who the good guy is. It starts off and you're like, oh, the unhinged guy. All right, that's Chris Evans. But wait a second. Gosling is also assigned to this project mission. Yeah. But who really is the bad guy and what's the mission? And Ana de Armas seems to be the moral compass in between and having to deal with these fools <laughs> as they yeah. try to navigate their world. And then Billy Bob is either the massive villain or he hates everyone, which I can see that going <laughs> both ways or, or all together. It's all, it's all inclusive. So this whole thing is is absolutely great. I love the beginning of this trailer with the director flex. You just listed them off as well. Oh, man. Everything. It's epic. Oh, all the direct all the things they've directed. And we're just scraping the surface with this. The fact that we don't have a longer trailer, which will probably be released like next week. Yeah, honestly, at <laughs> if this we're pace. being honest. Um, yeah, and this this is a this is a great action trailer. Unfortunately, we can't play the music because you know it gets pulled down and all that stuff. Yeah, um, but it's like with the music and the impact points, and when they're flashing those like from the Russo brothers, directors of, they're doing some like great percussive hits it just really you feel it in your bones and it's a really good action trailer yes um but i love your point kirk about the ambiguity i think any any uh good spy movie should have a level of who to trust because that's what the whole spy thing is and, and you know that there's going to be just a massive left hook in this movie um i feel like they're definitely trying to sort of paint chris evans as the antagonist in this trailer just based on the way that it's edited and, and the lines that they show him delivering and, and things like that. But it's, like you said, it's wide open. My, I love the line from Chris Evans' character. Uh, I think his, his name is Lloyd. Uh, there's a great, like, trash stash exchange between him and Ryan Gosling's character. But he says, if you want to make an omelet, you got to kill some people. That I, That's, like, that is just great writing. I'm sorry. That, that was I was like, if he says... 
you got to break some eggs. I'm going to fall out of my chair like an anime character at how cheesy that is. But yeah. the fact that he said you got to kill some people was just awesome. I absolutely love that bit. Yeah, you can't deliver that line. Men, not many people can deliver that line effectively, and he found a way to do it. He so did. bravo. It's so good. I love it. The Gray Man coming to Netflix uh, July 22nd. They're, they're going to be doing a lot of promo around it for this um, Netflix Geeked Week that we talked about a little while back. That kicks off um, actually starting Friday with the release of Stranger Things 4, part one. Lots of part Dude, ones. Part, or Friday. volume one. Um so they'll be doing lots of promo around this, but it doesn't actually release until July 22nd. So keep that in mind. Anything else on the gray man, Kirk, before we move on? I think that it would be really neat if Ana de Armas is the villain. I think she will be. Or, yeah, there's something there. There will be a left mm -hmm. hook. I mean, she, she, as we're going to see in her um, her spinoff, her John Wick spinoff that they're cooking up, Ballerina, yeah. Um, she can carry an action film by herself, no sweat, no problem. Uh, she's a massive star, a huge talent, absolutely excels in, in the action space, spy space. Um, so this is this is her time to shine. I think they downplay her in the trailer, to your point, but there's something there. There's something cooking, for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, last trailer we're going to walk through is, of course, one of the ones that I, I at least I wasn't expecting. But it's She-Hulk. And not just She-Hulk. They've retitled this show with brand new title treatment, new font. You know how we love the fonts, Kirk. Mm. Um, they're calling it She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Um, so in this trailer, we get a good look up close and personal with Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk. This is her first time getting a chance to look at her as both Jessica Walters and She-Hulk. And uh, we get a good, good long look at Mark Ruffalo. Um, as you know, Professor Hulk, Doctor Hulk, whatever you want to want to call him, as well as Tim Roth, both in human form and in abomination form, which brings up lots of questions. But ultimately, just they're bringing out the star power with this show. They're bringing out some humor for sure. There's lots of humor laced throughout this, which you can, you know, that's that's a constant with Marvel stuff. Um, Honestly, that, that Professor Hulk character is like a great comedic asset for them. I thought he was so useful in that way in, in uh, in-game. Um, so yeah, the She-Hulk coming August 17th to Disney+. Plus. What's your first take on, on this trailer? I love Tatiana. I was sad that it wasn't Allison Brie. That seemed like the obvious choice, but mm. I saw, I watched Orphan Black after she got casted and I understood it. I do understand She's it. She's great. Love Professor Hulk in this. Tim Roth, if you could be my adopted father, I would allow you to be. I love you so much. Um, this looks great. I really I really didn't have any feelings about this show. Uh, I thought it was going to be a throwaway show. And now seeing this, they've definitely made sure there's a lot of care. And look at the green Disney Plus sign that just I didn't even see it's, that the first three good. times I watched this. It's good. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling good. Yeah, I mean, the obvious, the thing that uh, fans are, you know, kind of arguing about here is uh, the CGI. I would like to kindly remind people, and this is not just me, like, being a, you know, a huge fan of the Disney stuff and, and the Marvel stuff, but CGI is often not finished. It's almost always the last thing. I can't even count 
on two hands how many times I've heard a trailer complain about because of CGI. It's not a valid complaint. It's not. Now, if the episode drops and she still looks like this, yeah, let them have it. Fire away. Um, but, but, you know, haggling about CGI when we're, what, four months, three months away from this thing dropping, they, it's not even close to a finished product. I think that's probably, you know, this is the first time in one of these Disney Plus series that they've had a fully CGI'd character. So... I'm sure they were even hesitant to release a trailer because of the state that it's in, but they had to promo the show. Um, so just stay tuned. We'll get more looks. It'll get cleaner. I- I'm confident. And if and if they do fall flat, by all means, light the torches, grab the pitchforks, have a ball. But tear them apart. <laughs> but for right now, I would say, relax. It's gonna yes. be okay. Um, I'm also my other takeaway from this is with the show being called She-Hulk Attorney at Law. And some of the, like, campiness and, um, I don't know, just the overall tone of, of the show. Are they doing, like, an Ally McBeal thing? Like, like, a, are, like, are they leaning into that a little bit? I mean, I never watched Ally McBeal. Um, or just, like, any any law show, you know, like Suits or, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, what was the, that? What was that practice. terrible one that was? Yeah, there's the practice. But what was that one that was on that, like TBS or TNT for the longest time that everybody made fun of? Oh, um, the grinder with Fred Savage. <laughs> no, but that sounds <laughs> awful. I don't even remember that one. It was like two people's names. If anybody's oh. listening in the chat and they've got they've got it on the tip of their tongue and they're screaming, uh, hit me up. Boston um, Public, Boston Law. No, with, I'll figure uh, it out. I'll figure it out. It's like, <laughs> who knows? Some some terrible law show, but like. I kind of dig that because it would be fun to take a TV series within the Marvel space with a superhero lawyer and just kind of like make it campy and fun. Of course, like most people would get mad about it (laughs) in the same way people got mad at like the first three episodes of WandaVision for whatever reason. Um, So this is why we can't have nice things. And I actually called her Jessica Walters earlier. Sorry, there's Jennifer Walters. Um, But She-Hulk... Coming to Disney Plus August 17th. We will be there first in line, ready to click the button at what is it, 2 a.m., Kirk? On it's on always Wednesday 2 a.m. Morning. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes it's like 2:03, and I'm like, no. You're like, come on. You're like, this is the first thinking, one. This is where they get me. Thinking that I stayed up till two, and they're just gonna wait till like 7 a.m. And I'm like, I, I've wasted all of this time. Yeah, right. With all of this caffeine, and yeah. I've wasted all of it. Um, let's stay in the Disney Plus realm for a little bit. There's one thing we have to talk about that we did not get a trailer for, but we did get an announcement about, and I think, I mean, I think it's extremely exciting, and that is Daredevil. They're doing a Daredevil show on Disney Plus that is described as not a, not, what did, what did they say? It was like, not a sequel, um, and not a, not a revival, but a continuation yeah. of the story. I think similar to how you know, Hawkeye spoilers incoming. So if you haven't seen Hawkeye earmuffs um, real quick, but Vincent D'Onofrio in as Kingpin, you know, very much, very much the Kingpin from the daredevil show, not a ton of reference to that show, but it's the same character will be a continuation of the story. Um, So that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting now, before I turn it over to you, Kirk, for your thoughts, worth noting the writing crew on this is Matt Corman and Chris Ord, who will be writing the show. They wrote a show called Covert Affairs that was on the USA Network. Um, decently well-reviewed. I, I have to say that I don't 
watch a lot of network TV or, or certainly not like USA Network, not since Mr. Robot, but um, it was decently well-reviewed. And they also wrote a really great film called Deck the Hall starring Danny DeVito and Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They seriously did. Um, so I thought you were giving that your stamp of approval. No, no, like, no, no. Come are on Are you now. about to like pass out? Like, are you feeling okay? <laughs> Are you Check having a stroke? Yeah. No, um, but they did write that movie, and that was the first thing. Like, everybody goes to IMDb. They're like, Matt Corbin, Chris Ord, deck the halls, what? You have to keep in mind, like, your first job is not always your best job, right? Like, Everybody needs a paycheck. It takes time to build your cred. You have to work with people. You have to get recommendations, all that. But all of that information that we have so far, which is coming from... Uh, variety. Kirk, your reaction to what we know today? I'm worried. I'm worried about covert affairs. That's... Are you really? The, the only thing I know about covert affairs is that the lead actress, I believe, was in... Oh, what's the movie? Uh, the, the bartending movie, Coyote Ugly. Oh, is that right? You got the moonlight deep in your heart. You surrender your heart. Uh-huh. That's the theme song by Jewel. Um, or is it Jewel? I don't know. Who Kirk, cares? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I watched that movie way too many times because of an older sister, but that that strikes fear <laughs> in my heart because this series, albeit there was there was just some shaky part of season two, but you could forgive it because of how it was it landed it landed it's it's uh it's finished there in yeah. in the end of season two but it gives me pause this is the first thing that we've talked about that i'm sincerely like don't mess it up please yeah but i think i think it's worth keeping perspective that like the moon knight guys were decently inexperienced on the scene True. and they wrote a great show and marvel's like basically handing over the keys to the kingdom uh, because I think they're, they're they've been tied to a bunch of other projects. I think Loki season two being one of them um, could be wrong. There's there's one of the one of the projects that they're going to continue writing on. So it's like I'm definitely in wait and see mode. I I'm more concerned. I think Kirk about what this show looks like and how much it is held to tied to the original series, which was a good series, um, but with no real relevance to the MCU or anything that's going on, they'll have to kind of tie in. So I'll be interested to see what that looks like. Yeah, there were snippets like when uh, when Jessica's character was... Is there a name Jessica in this? The girl from True Blood? Rats. Whatever her name is. When she, the, the reporter uh, who's best oh, friends... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, see, I need to watch it back again. I've, it's been so long. I mean, this thing came out in what, 2015, 2014? 2015, yeah. And there's like there's an article on on the back wall about the Avengers, about New York, right? And they talk about it. So there are glimpses, but not full blown because it's so far removed because of the the level of of crime that's happening versus galactic. And I think that it it still holds true to that. You're, you're exactly right with how does this tie into the bigger MCU? What does this look like? I think you have it look the same. That's my that's my wish. It has to look the same, mm. but tweak the trajectory because they were so fixated on him and Elektra through this yeah. and through the, the Defender series, which was fine. Sure. But now you have to pivot and see who else Matt Murdock is, what else is inside of him, what motivates him. 
but it needs to be the same world and i don't want this to be bright and cheery when we when we return to this daredevil yeah that's a that's a fair concern honestly because because the netflix shows were much darker than what we've seen in the mcu and and that's even considering moon knight you know where moon knight was in terms of darkness i think there there is a lot to prove for marvel there well, you know, you've got a lot of projects where that's going to be important. Uh, you know, Blade, uh, Moon Knight, I think passed the test. You know, it was a, it was definitely more brutal as Kevin Feige promised. It was in line with the character, and I think I thought that that was a success. And I know we've talked painfully little about that on this show just because we've been so busy. But right. Moon Knight, I feel like, was a smash s- success, well done. But Daredevil, Blade, Deadpool, um, you know, those are the ones where it's going to matter that. Because the source material is so hyper-realistic, hyper-grungy, um, you know, dar- it's a darker subject matter. You have to sort of keep that. And that was something that Marvel had no problem doing on Netflix, but might, you know, kind of grind their teeth and, and cringe a little bit at doing it on Disney+, Plus. to your point. So. Please. We'll see. I'm begging you, Kevin <laughs> Feige. Don't blow it. Don't blow it. <laughs> All right, moving along. And this one, we'll, you know, we've got mostly quick hitters that are left here. But um, want to talk about a show that I feel like has slipped under the radar. We've heard about it a bunch. It's Baymax. Talk about talk about a gear shift. This is like putting your car in park when you're going 75 miles an hour down the highway. <laughs> um, not because Baymax is bad, but just definitely in a different ilk than the other things that we've been talking about. But um, the Big Hero 6 spinoff series, Baymax, will be coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, later this year, we've got our second trailer today. I didn't, I didn't download the trailer because I didn't feel like we saw much that was new, but this is not a show that we've talked much about Kirk. Um, my only question for you here is, do you think, cause you have, you have kids, you know, your oldest kid would be prime age for big hero six. Does he watch big hero six? Yes, he actually watched big hero six when he was like three. Yeah. Uh, it was one of the first longest movies that he watched and yeah and will he be stoked for this show absolutely okay good. absolutely yeah that's my question because i feel like big hero 6 feels like it came out so long ago to me that the people who were the target art audience when that show came out have now aged out beyond this i think like maybe they would watch it but i feel like they're in that weird stage where they like think they're too cool for stuff like this and like think they're too cool for disney um, shows, even if it's based on movies that they liked. So I just, I, I'm interested because I felt like Monsters at Work didn't really work very well. And it wasn't talked about. It wasn't super successful or anything. And I think they expected it to be. Um, so I'm just curious with this being like the next big installment. And they've got some other shows that are spinoffs coming up, like the Tiana show um, and, and some of the others. I just wonder how if this will continue to be successful, it will rely on people like your oldest son, you know, tuning in week after week for the new episodes and sort of chopping at the bit to get after it. So, um, we'll see. It looks cute. It looks fun. Baymax is a great character. Um, San Francisco, that whole world is very cool. Um, just hope it's not too little too late for, for this one. So big win, big win, I think. And, just one more thing. It's yeah. shocking that this movie came out when it did. It yes. just like completely just like threw it out there like hope everyone likes this and top to bottom fantastic storytelling, great arc for every single character, incredible humor, incredible 
incredible drama. Big stuff happens in there. Big life things happen in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that uh, this can do no wrong. Yeah. And here you go, Kirk. Shout out, shout out Jody Reads and Writes. Can't Fight the Moonlight was Leanne Rhymes, not Jewel. Not Jewel. Uh, Forgive me. Well done. Well done in the chat. Way to stay frosty and way, way to keep Kirk honest but I there. Did, I did know the words. I know the You melody. did. It was good. In your heart, you surrender your heart. Uh. But you know, but you know that you can't fight the moonlight. They play yeah. that song like seven times in that movie, similar to like that thing you do. Uh, it just, they play it over and, and over again. And you were right about her being it. in Coyote Ugly. You were right about that. So, yes. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much. You get that hit. You get the melody. You get the, you know, the, the, correctness of the person in the cast but just couldn't hit on jewel that was the one miss sorry you'll get him next time kirk you'll get him next time all right figure out some other obscure (laughs) 90s movie yes moving on and this is a big story that i'm sure we'll talk about this for a little bit and i know we're we're at 45 minutes we still have lots to cover so we'll strap in guys but i want to talk about this massive vanity fair spread that was done on star wars um ahead of obi-wan kenobi which drops on Disney Plus this Friday. So many nuggets in this story from Vanity Fair. Kathleen Kennedy was in on the action, giving tons of quotes, tons of updates. This was huge. I mean, Star Wars and Vanity Fair have been paired up like that in the past. They do these big reveals and um, they, they, they share a lot of their project stories. But I want to share some of the highlights from this and then we can sort of react. I, I want to give like a lot of the a lot of the headlines that came out of this one story, and the sound bites, and then we'll react to some of it. Uh, anything that's relevant. Sound good, Kirk? I'm ready. Okay, so the big takeaways. I want to start with the movies first because that is the area I think everybody's holding their breath on with regard to star with regard to Star Wars. The sequel trilogy was extremely divisive. Um, there was creative shakeups, similar to what you always see with Lucasfilm. Plus, you've got Solo, which was divisive. Um, Rogue One, not as much. Rogue One, universally loved, but there's still big question marks about what the future holds for films. Well, this is what Kathleen Kennedy was able to share. First of all, she says they have a roadmap with their films, and they're trying to figure out where... And It sounds like it's a recent-ish roadmap, because some of these previously announced projects, they're trying to figure out where they fit in. So, for example, that Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron movie that we heard uh, from the Hollywood Reporter a few months back has been put, you know, delayed indefinitely. That was one of the projects that Kathleen Kennedy said it's still in the works. Uh, Patty Jenkins and her team are working on a script, but they don't know where it fits into their film roadmap yet. So they're waiting to see how that kind of works. So I thought that was an interesting takeaway. She did say that films are still the priority. Um, even though shows have been really successful for them so far, and that Taika Waititi's Star Wars film is expected to be the next one to release of any Star Wars film. So the next Star Wars film that we will see on the silver screen will be Taika's, um, which came as a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, She said Kevin Feige's Star Wars movie is in the works. We've heard a little bit about that with Michael Waldron, the Loki Loki showrunner and uh, Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness writer. Uh, pinning that script and then also confirmed that ryan johnson's star wars trilogy which we also heard was delayed indefinitely is still in the works she confirmed that but it's pushed onto the back burner one thing she said they're not going to do with movies is they've learned from solo a star wars story that they are not going to recast original characters with new actors 
So Kirk, hearing all that that movie stuff, how are you feeling about the prognosis and the outlook for Lucasfilm LTD as as a movie generating um, brand and and company going forward? Hmm. I'm very excited. I would strike Patty Jenkins from my list immediately I, after seeing you know wonder woman 84 i think that's just a must and still have the project go on but just have someone else uh, helm it i think that the quote on having no one else play these uh, these legacy characters i think that is okay but i don't want it to be linked directly to solo because i agree alden in that film was actually good. He's he not was, the problem. He was not no, the problem. It was the story as a whole, even though the story as a whole was good, it wasn't a grand slam. Well, he my take s- on that story, not to interrupt, but my take on it. that story is that they bit off way more than they could chew. Mm-hmm. It's that what they were trying to achieve was, let's tell the rest of Han Solo's story beyond what you've seen. Like you, The rest? That's insane. For one movie? You want to tell the rest of his story? That's yeah. nuts. Yeah. I, I think what, that's unnecessary. What was the name of the of the crew that uh, that they kind of uh, teamed up with? Was were they also just part of the resistance, like the first form of it? They you were know, the, the rebellion. Yeah, I mean the they rebellion. were they were part Sorry. of the rebellion. Yeah, part of the it, rebellion. It was it was pre episode four, right? But it was the, it was the early. It was the, it was the early beginning of the rebellion. But you know he was working with that bounty hunter crew that. Um, Woody Harrelson. Uh, Woody Harrelson's squad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, pick one. You can't have both. Absolutely. It was too crowded, just like you said. It, too, it was too much. So put the rebellion in the second one. Keep Woody Harrelson in the first one because you need someone to kind of, you need you need charisma just battling each other, which was great. Yeah. Their chemistry was great. And Alden, if you watch him, the way he studied Harrison Ford was brilliant. Like you saw these, you didn't see him using Harrison Ford's voice, but you heard nuances and how he clipped lines and yeah. how he looked at people. And that part was magnificent. So I, I'm fine if, if that's the goal uh, to, to be like, we don't want to mess it up. Um, but I also don't want them to say we did mess up with Solo because that's not actually true. Yeah. I agree. Um, that's definitely not what the problem was with Solo, and I don't think that that should be the reason that you go away from it. If, if the reason is just people didn't like Solo, I would say, well, you're looking at the wrong data point. Sure, that's, that's, that is a unique thing about that film, and the film was, mis- was disliked, but that's correlation, not causation, in my, in my opinion. I think you have to look beyond that, be a little smarter, go a little deeper there, which concerns me. Um, you know, she also continues to say that they need to get away from, and, and this is common with fans as well as Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm leadership. Um, they have to get away from the Skywalker saga. And, and I feel like that is such an interesting thing for me because yes, there's the books and there are books on books, on books, on books. There's this whole world that has been built out and I've read some of it and it's good. And there's stuff that you can read that just doesn't really touch the start, the Skywalker saga at all. And I'm fully aware of that, and I get that there's appeal there. But the only thing the mainstream audience has seen, which is these are the people you have to get to buy in ultimately. Yes, you need the super fans, but you also have to have the mainstream because that's where the dollars come from. The only thing they have seen is the Skywalker saga. That's it. And all of the things that connect to it. 
like Rogue One connects directly to it. The Mandalorian connects directly to it. You know, they always say like <clears throat> it's post Return of the Jedi. Even this new show that they're spinning up with John Watts is labeled post Return of the Jedi. I'm like, all of that stuff ties in to the Skywalker saga. So I, I think just saying, oh, the Skywalker saga is too controversial now because of the prequels and the sequels. The meat and potatoes there are still what people are interested in. They want to know how what they're watching, Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Rogue One. They want to know how that ties into the Skywalker saga. So I feel like until you have a good answer otherwise, like people are going to watch the heck out of Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, it's going to get streamed to oblivion. People are stoked. Ahsoka, same thing. All that stuff is Skywalker saga. So I just like... Yeah, it might sound like a, a bold, cool thing to say we need to get away from the Skywalker saga, but I don't think that that should just be the blanket approach. I feel like there's still stuff there. I think it's a mistake. I think everything should tie back to the Skywalker saga. You don't have to deliberately mention Luke's name. Sure. You don't have to deliberately mention Anakin. But if you mention a place or a time that sounds like, oh, it was part of that time, it just immediately connects the bigger story you have to use it. If you obliterate it, then no one's gonna like it. Honestly, let's let's be real. In Solo, there weren't barely any uh, ties into the Skywalker saga. The closest Skywalker saga connection that we had was the reveal that, spoiler alert, Darth Maul was alive. Where's Darth Maul? He's connected to Anakin because Anakin saw that giant yeah. scary red guy coming at him, right? Anakin, Luke's father, right? Very simple. That you and Lando, but tie. Lando is more of a Han connection anyway. Correct. You know, like Lando Correct. is more his buddy that kind of tangentially gets pulled into the story. So you expect that. But I agree. The people look at every one of these people up here. Every single one of them has been touched by by the Skywalkers. Yeah. It's that simple. Or their or their timeline is immediately going to affect it. Raise uh, your hand if you've been personally victimized by this by the Skywalker saga. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right, Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah. So, and then there's the shows, right? Which the shows have been their bread and butter. I think it was a good thing to hit pause on the movies. I think it was good to quiet down the noise. And let John Favreau and Dave Filoni work their magic on the shows, which they've done a spectacular job on. Um, and um, Deborah Chow, too, who's working on the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which looks really good. Obviously, we haven't seen it, but it looks good. And Andor, uh, the Cassian Andor series, based off of it's a, it's a Rogue One spinoff um, that will star Diego Luna, as, as pictured here. That is projected to come out late this summer, they're saying. Late summer 2022. Um, so that's very exciting. That's a project we've been hearing about for ages and we haven't gotten a look at it yet, but that's exciting to hear. And then the other one is that John Watts Star Wars series, um, which no title, no, no nothing on that other than they're calling it. Um, it's like a galactic. This is a quote, a galactic version of classic Amblin coming of age adventure films of the eighties set post return of the Jedi. So think E.T., um, you know, those kind of like Spielberg Amblin movies, um, that has, that has potential to be really interesting. So we'll, we'll see what's coming, but lots of big things cooking for star Wars. Obviously Obi-Wan Kenobi dropping this Friday. First two episodes, we will be ready to go hot to trot to check that out. So very much heavy star Wars stuff coming our way. Okay. Quick hitters, Kirk. I'm going to go fast. Okay. Rapid fire. Okay. Margot Robbie, according to The Hollywood Reporter, is set to star in and produce a prequel to Ocean's Eleven. 
Hmm. Your thoughts on that concept? How is it a prequel if they first robbed the bank in Ocean's Eleven? Uh, there's certainly questions, right? There, but 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 the- there's history between the characters. I, I will be the first to admit I'm not like a big Ocean's guy. Don't like, please hold your rocks. Um, I enjoy it, but it's I'm not one of these diehards, so I, I, I'm not as close to it. But you know, I I think there's probably some potential for setting up some of the like. I don't know relationships that exist as a result of that, but it's interesting. I don't, I don't know where Margot Robbie factors in here, but she's great. Um, so there's that. Is it this generation of Ocean's Eleven, or is it the OG Frank Sinatra Ocean's Eleven prequel? I assume it's this one. Probably. She's Gotta probably be, right? playing Julia Roberts. Yeah, I would guess so. That'd be so, fine. Let's yeah. find out what's happened with Danny before the big the big hit that's possible see why they officially parted ways i think we get a little bit of it i i mean i barely watched the oceans 12 and no chance did i watch oceans 13 so yeah well it'll be interesting we'll keep an eye yeah. on it I, I think it's hard to make a determination on that one but I, at first glance i'll be honest my take is like that does not that's not getting me to the movie theater um no but we'll see. Lots lots of work to be done still. Speaking of getting to the movie theater, this one's really interesting. And this is one of those stories I mentioned at the beginning I really feel has fallen under the radar. And that is that Netflix is considering an exclusive 45-day in-theater release window for Knives Out 2, according to Business Insider. So it would be a Netflix-produced film that would go not to Netflix first, but actually to the cinema for 45 days, which is a pretty normal release window these days. Um, it's it's getting shorter and shorter before hitting Netflix. What are your thoughts on that, Kirk? Well, I'm confused, right? So it's the same, right? It goes to theaters 45 days out no matter what. Is that the case? Am I hearing that right? 45 days of ex- exclusivity in the theater. Instead of just being a net, like when people, when they bought this franchise, people thought it'll just go straight to Netflix as soon as it's done. Like oh, it will release okay. that day. But they're saying, no, it's going to theaters for 45 days, which would be a first for Netflix. That's true. Because when they released Roma, I guess Roma might've been like 10 days, but it was simultaneously out in theaters and on Netflix. Right? Yes. So yep. this would be different from that. Uh, I mean... I guess it's not too much of a shock factor because you want this movie on the big screen. You do not want this only available for streaming or the first chance only for streaming. You want the you want people cruising to the theater, you know, dropping what they're doing, saying, I cannot wait 45 days. I must go see Daniel Craig's face. I mean, look at that picture. It's great on my I've got a big monitor here, but that on a giant screen that is cinema <laughs> like the yeah. framing and everything is great I, I think I think that's the right choice I think it marks potentially a huge milestone for what does the future look like for cinema traditional cinema and streaming to coexist together because here you've, this isn't HBO right Warner who has already dabbled in both spaces this is Netflix they are natively streaming that is it you know they are a, they are a pure play streaming platform no way around it they do not play in the cinema space if they are saying our biggest films need to be exclusively in cinemas first to build up the exclusivity build up the anticipation before they hit our platform so that people get hyped 
they go see it in theaters and then they're hyped to see it as soon as it drops that could potentially be huge um it's what the cinema people have been saying for years it's like you need this you need the anticipation you need the big screen experience um, because the streaming experience is just so diluted that people can't get hyped for it if netflix is starting to believe that that represents a paradigm shift so we'll see i don't i'm not convinced they're going to pull the trigger on it these are just you know reports right now but that would be very interesting what if netflix opened up its own movie theater chain they've talked about it i know they have because they've purchased a few theaters remember because they do it they use them for their oscar the movies they want to contend for oscars Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. bought like some some theaters in like la and new york in order to accomplish that um but it's possible. That would be interesting. Like if, oh, I'm going to Netflix tonight. You're going to Netflix? Yeah, I'm going to the Netflix theater down the street. That'd be crazy. Well, Netflix has always been a disruptive brand. Imagine yeah. if their next disruption is the theater industry. And oh they're able gosh. to cater a truly customizable, algorithmically generated theater experience for you. Oh, um, man where you just walk in and you go to the movies and it's telling you what movie you need to see and why you need to see it, what movies you liked that are like this movie. And yeah, I mean, just imagine they, 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 they could be, and I, I think everybody feels like Netflix is on the downward spiral, at least on the street. Um, but it could, this is yeah. interesting to me. This definitely has my ears perked up. What if you had like smaller theaters of like, 25 or, or and then you even have like private even private or more private private or more private <laughs> <laughs> more private theaters that are like 10 to 15 and yeah. you all have like a buzzer like in your your classroom right and you 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 have like a screen in front of you and you have to pick your favorite out of three movies and then it collaborates all of those and punches out a movie that's one of those or not any of those and that's the movie you're seeing that night i think that they would crowdsource be cool. the most optimal movie right. for the group <laughs> that's right <laughs> even with that method there would be somebody in there that absolutely hated what they selected they just throw like, their popcorn <laughs> and they race out of they're like which one of you on. idiots has the worst film taste in the world who voted for elizabeth town yeah. get out of here Ah <laughs> uh, man there's so many so many possibilities Okay, more quick hitters, and I promise these will be quick. Um, Bong Joon-ho, his next movie, we've talked about it, starring Robert Pattinson. Um, based on Mickey 7, the novel that just released and that I've already actually read because I, I knew this was coming. And I am not a reader, but I, I read it because I knew that this was coming. Um, it's a very interesting book. That movie is in pre-production officially, and they've added, according to Deadline, Tony Collette, Mark Ruffalo, and Naomi Aki to the cast of that film. So heavy hitters, heavy hitters and perfect fits for Bong. You know, I just really feel that. I feel, I feel the Tony Collette casting deep in my bones. I feel like they were always destined, you know, just on a collision course. Like she had to appear in one of his movies. I love it. All right. Next up. Uh, these last two ones are quick. A sequel to law abiding citizen is in the works. Did you ask for that, Kirk? Who asked for that? Is that Joaquin? No. No, Russell? it's uh, no, it's um, Gerard, Gerard Butler. Oh, of course. And Jamie <laughs> oh, Fox. No. Is it Jamie Fox? Oh, I don't know. I better brush up before our trivia night this Friday. But... I well, I don't know how many questions about law-abiding citizen there will be. I mean, it's certainly possible. 
they do a it's whole category. Five percent law-abiding citizen. <laughs> well, yeah, it is Jamie Foxx, by the way. We'll be all right. I knew it was Jamie Foxx. We figured out it was Gerard, Gerard Butler. Like we'll be, we'll be fine. They're like, what and the next for? category is movies starring Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. White House down. And we're like no. crap. White House has fallen. London Olympus, has fallen. Olympus is down. Oh my gosh. I know it's Olympus has fallen. Don't test me on my Gerard. Phantom Butler. of the Opera is fallen. <laughs> uh, so that's coming. I don't know who asked for it, but it's here. Okay. And then Barry. Barry um, has been renewed for season four. So in the midst of season three, uh, I'm really enjoying season three, what I've seen of it so far. So Barry season four, it's coming at you. Next up and finally, what to watch for this week. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which we've reviewed. So go back and watch the review after you watch it on streaming. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So to recap, watch it on Paramount+, Plus, then go listen to our review or watch it on YouTube. Uh, or listen at the same time. Run the podcast in the background while you're watching it. Yeah. It is not a minute-by-minute minute play, but just do it. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Start it right after James Marsden says something really stupid. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, which is probably immediately. <laughs> uh, sorry, James Marsden. Next. Just dropped today. It just dropped today. I'm holding it up. The Batman. There it is. On uh, home video, you can own it now. Uh, if you're really cool like me, you already have it. Um, here's the thing, man. Support your favorite movies. Support them. I could stream this on HBO Max, sure. But I got to I gotta own it. I got to have it on the, on the shelf. This is what it's all about. You have to support your movies, even if they're billion-dollar movies that don't really necessarily need your support. Support them. And if you don't want to buy them, put them on your birthday list like I did. And then other people get them for you. Like Kirk got this for me, Kirk and my sister. Right. So shout out to you guys. It's now available um, to purchase and to put on your movie shelf, which is one of my favorite things to do is add new movies to that shelf. Next up, lots of big releases this weekend. Lots of big releases on streaming and in theaters. Top Gun Maverick in theaters this Friday. Just in wow. time for Memorial Day weekend, you get an extra day to get to the movie theater to go check it out. Um, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes one and two available this Friday on Disney plus stranger things for volume one, which is seven episodes. All seven episodes will be available beginning this Friday. There will be a volume two. You know, if there's ever a volume one, there's usually a volume two. Um, unless it's like history of the world part one, which I, I, they are doing a part two now. But right. volume two, which is only two episodes, it's the final two episodes, drops on July 1st. So binge these seven, swing back on July 1st and finish it up. Some of these episodes, I posted this in our Discord, um, are movies. Some of these episodes are just movies. Yes. <laughs> They're like two and a half hours long. They're like, yeah, that's yes. an episode. I'm like, no, that's a, mo that's a movie. That's a straight up film. <laughs> Stranger Things the movie, part 11. <laughs> yeah, like what in the world? And finally, uh, the Bob's Burgers movie releases this weekend in theaters. Kirk, don't you dare turn your nose that's, up at that. That's for my sister. You know, my sister, um, who I don't think listens to our podcast, so I'm going to wow, throw shame. some shade right shame. now. Um, she loves Bob's Burgers. She dressed up as the Bob's Burgers. So I think she had her husband she do it She dressed up as, well. as the Bob's Burger? What, what does that mean? Did she dress uh, up? Who's who's the girl? Tina? Who's like the, Tina. She was yeah, Tina. Yeah. Okay. And I don't know who she made her husband dress up as, but he was definitely one of the Bob's Burgers characters. Um, but I'm not excited about this movie. No. People are, though. There are That's people fine. out there that are well, excited, excited about it. 
I am not. I I'm will like curmudgeon my way out of adult. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, animation. Most days. Most days. <laughs> I am moderately excited about it. I think for me, Bob's Burgers is one of those shows that just like I know that I will like it. And I've only watched like episodes here and there and I like those. And so it's always just like, well, I could watch that anytime. I know that I will like it. Um, so I'll probably go watch the movie and then I'll probably want to go see every single episode. But then you're going to go watch the Simpsons, the movie and say, wow, that's way better than the Bob's Burgers. I've seen it. I've seen the Simpsons movie. My wife is a massive Simpsons fan and I love the Simpsons movie. I think it's great. I think when I have time, I'm going to binge watch all 800 episodes of the Simpsons. Yeah. I think they're on like season 37, 38. Maybe I could be way off, but it's definitely up there. I think they're just holding on until SVU closes its doors because there's no other show or sitcom that's run as, as close to that. And they don't want to be outrun by law and order SVU. Yeah. This is like one of those competitions in major league baseball playoffs. They have, um, one player from each team, see how long they can stay standing outside of the dugout, saluting the flag, you know, like for the national anthem, (laughs) they wait and they wait and they wait and they wait until the umpires finally like, seriously, we have to start this game, get off the field. That's what's happening between the Simpsons and what, what did you say? Law and order or, or law and order SVU. And then there's a show. What was it? It was back in the sixties that also had like a gajillion, like Columbo or something. Like like criminal minds episodes. Is that oh, still they probably thing? had like 200, uh, but no, not as much as, as these two. But there's one other show had a lot of episodes, but I can't think of it. So NCIS. do you think, well, no. if you count up all of the different all the spin-offs. worlds and Walking Dead and <laughs> oh yeah, the Walking Dead. CSI, CSI right. New York, CSI Cyber, CSI Las Vegas. It's true. We better leave it there though. CSI St. Louis. <laughs> Why didn't they do it? We could have been in it. Would have been too violent. But um, too violent for network TV. Ouch. Um, that was a deep cut. Sorry. That was that was from trauma. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Let's wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Very long episode, but we had so much to cover, and hopefully you enjoyed it. If you're still on the stream, thank you guys for being here. Uh, good crowd tonight. Really enjoyed it. Thanks for helping us out um, with some answers to the questions we were fumbling over. And if you haven't ever tried the stream, would behoove you to do it. We did it on Tuesday this week. It'll almost always be on Mondays at the same time, 9.30 p.m. Central Daylight Time when it's Daylight Savings Time, Central Standard Time when it's not. Um, but give us a try. If you're a typical podcast listener, I think the streaming experience is even better. So give that a try. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Kirk, for being here. Uh, special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs and his band rhetoric who plays our original music. And we will have more for you next week. Talk to you then.